I'm attorney Barry Seaborn. I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. And welcome to part two of episode 22, more about how to conduct yourself during a hearing. And Kevin, one other thing we were going to get to today, we may not have a lot of time to do it, and that was maybe lessons learned from this very unusual year where we've been doing remote proceedings and our hearings have been from our offices or at home office or wherever uh, to perhaps the uh, judge's home office. Before we go further, this podcast is no substitute for the specific legal advice you will get by consulting one-on-one with a licensed attorney in your state or country. We hope that before taking any action that might change your life or your financial situation and before making decisions that might significantly affect your children and the people around you, you do find and meet with a licensed attorney. Now, now on, with, on the with the show. There's one particular problem that I've encountered, which is the presentation of exhibits. And so, so I've got my pre-marked exhibits. And one thing is, you know, getting them by email now to the, into the judge's hands and then it, presenting them to a witness who may, be, may or may not be in a remote location. I've had some witnesses show up at the Daily Center and I've had other witnesses who've been at home. You've actually, wait, you had actually have people show up at the Daily Center. What, what happens to the get to the courtroom? Does a judge allow them into a courtroom? Well, What's going on? Uh, it, it depends on the it depends on the proceeding. I guess it depends on the judge. Uh, a lot of judges uh, are not at the courtroom. <laughs> right. They're at home. But there, <laughs> like there are a few who go in and uh, and they're accommodating uh, the, the those individuals that go in because there are some parties that haven't gotten the memo, you know, that they 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 know that basically that <laughs> right. we're remote distanced, but they they think there's some kind of provision where I can go in and maybe I'll stand six feet away from everybody, but I'll still have a chance to uh-huh. testify. And and I understand in some of the suburban courtrooms, uh there are proceedings which are in person with the precautions taken, uh where the people are are distanced. And um well, now you're talking about, and it should be clear to our listeners yes, that we're yes. still in the pandemic mode, and and all of Cook County Circuit Court is pretty much remote right now. As we speak now, it's December 30th, 2020, and things may have changed by the time you hear this, but right now it's all remote, and so you need a good Zoom setup. Uh, if you're going to use your phone, set it on something. I have seen people time after time use their phone as their entry into the Zoom courtroom, and then hold it, thinking that, well, I'll just hold steady. But to us, the recipients of their image, it's moving all over like on a, on a ship. So if it's your phone, that's fine. Just set it on something. Stay stationary, okay? Um, and you can mute it. And here's the talking. problem with the phone, Kevin, and that but, is that um, let's say that uh, they, I'm asked to present my exhibit. I say, I have my exhibit A. I want the witness to look at and the way I do that now, right. it took me a while to get to this point, is uh, I'll click <laughs> to a camera. And so, and that'll have the necessary information okay. I want on the camera. The problem is, is that on a phone, there's a very tiny screen on the phone. And the witness is scrunching up saying, I, I think I can read that. And, uh, you know. <laughs> now, wait. Uh, <clears throat> wait, are you talking about the Zoom feature known as 
share screen sharing well, or share screen? I've had problems. I'm not talking about that particularly, although I guess indirectly I am because I I, I have not. How do you do that? Who has allowed me to share screen since uh, since April, March or April? So other than that, wow. whenever I go to the share wow. screen, I've asked occasionally, well, Judge, can I share my screen? Oh, oh yes, counsel, go ahead. I click the share screen, I'll get the, the message, screen sharing is disabled. The host function will not allow you to screen share. Yes, they have to turn it on under, uh, yeah, their security tab. And, they have to allow and, screen and sharing. And they don't know right? how to do it. And they don't know so, sometimes how to I'm, do that. So I'm, I'm there stuck right. the judge be, you know, Making an attempt and say, "Well, counsel, I, I haven't figured out how to do it." <laughs> so, <laughs> so what are you so talking use, about using your camera? So I've got the one camera where I appear, and then I have the other camera that I switch to. But the problem is, is that if if I have someone on the iPhone, they're not getting the whole screen on their iPhone. They're getting a little tiny screen, and and if I try to show the whole exhibit. You know, it's it's blurred to the point of obscurity, um, and right. uh, I, I really have to wing it. So I haven't gotten to the point of where I can, let's say, focus on one portion of the document. Maybe I need to create, you know, uh, screen, you know, tiny size blow up. <laughs> put it this way. Put it this way. Phone friendly. Well, uh, shots. So that somebody can see it on their tiny screen of their phone and say, oh, yes, now I can I can see that's that's the uh, that's what I signed. That's the document I signed. OK, right. OK, so what I did uh, a couple of days ago uh, at, a, at a court proceeding and I needed to present an exhibit, I asked the judge, judge, do you want me to use screen sharing or should I just hold the document up to the camera? And that judge said, you know, Mr. Johnson, just hold the document up to the camera. So that's what I did. I, I had a paper copy, fortunately, and I just turned it to the camera and held it up close and said, is this your signature on the bottom? And and I never inquired deeply more to see if the judge didn't know how to turn on screen sharing, but it, I, I, oh, yeah. I definitely oh, know yeah. how to use screen sharing. Uh, you just have to, the host has to get permission, give permission, and then uh, with a click, and then you can tell it to, it really works great. If, if you're a civilian and you're hearing this with uh, some technical knowledge, if you have two screens, you can set up two screens. It's perfect because your exhibit can sit on one screen or whatever you intend to present, like your pay stub or whatever it is. And then you screen share and you select that. And your main screen will still have the faces or at least four of them anyway. Four and then you can be showing your document. So, uh, those of you who think you're going to use a phone for court, um, if you can use a computer, desktop computer with a big screen, it's better. Uh, you see better. And also, if you even have two screens, and some people, if you didn't know this, you can plug in an extra screen to your laptop. But there's a lot of lot to be said for having that extra screen so you can screen share. But uh, as we've said, uh, the courts uh, differ in their technical prowess, so there may not be a way to use screen sharing. You may have to hold it up. So would it be good advice? I think it is that we, you print out paper copies of all your stuff, your pay stub, your tax return, whatever it is you think you need, in addition to emailing the judge. And 
you know, I should pause right here because I think we missed something. If you email the judge's coordinator and there's a list um, that maybe we could put a link up on our, on our uh, podcast for this episode. But when you go to the uh, page for the judge's information, you can get the list, the current Zoom list for the judges. In there, they'll say, where do you want courtesy copies sent? And occasionally judges want them sent directly to them, some to their coordinator. But wherever you send them, you must CC the other side. So if you send something to the judge's coordinator, like your document bundle, you send your five documents for your child support hearing, make sure you CC the other side the same exact email. Put them In on fact, that's a good CC. practice for anything that is delivered. That There's always got to be a copy for the other side so that the court is aware, number one, that they've had abundant notice of any proceeding that's taking place. So you have the obligation to give notice of any hearing, but also that the other side is not surprised by anything that's being presented in court because you've given the same information and the same documents to the other side as you have to the court. And so that's very important. And a proceeding oftentimes does won't take place if that hasn't been done. Now, let me also add that uh, I agree with Kevin regarding the use of a computer screen as superior uh, to a phone screen. Uh, I'd say the second best to a computer screen would be a tablet. So those who have some kind of tablet that can accommodate Zoom, uh, you know, you've also got to have the Internet. So what I, I like to do is that I have all of my meetings with my clients now, virtually all, with um, on Zoom. And I do a practice session. So I say, well, this is what's going to happen in court. And this, this is how I'm going to proceed. And this is what I'm going right. to ask you, you know, similar to what I'm going to ask you. And, and right. uh, so that way, then there's some familiarity. Because otherwise, I find well, there's a lot of fumbling on the day. Oh, my phone's... Uh, my phone's not working right. Yeah. I couldn't get the app to load. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. I'm going to borrow oh, my neighbor's oh. laptop. Wait a minute. Oh, absolutely. The other thing is sometimes I want to see how my client looks on Zoom because they look, you know, there's a tendency. And as long as we're talking about technical things like Zoom, uh, you there's a tendency for people to to have the webcam lower and to be uh having it look up their nose or whatever and they're looking off it looks to the viewer like they're looking off into the distance so you you want to get your webcam up to eye level or above above eye level is even good uh so that'll that'll look more normal and uh the background you know have it have it look normal i mean or use virtual background like i do put up a library or something like that but um the uh how you dress uh just like in court uh and with zoom it's from you know you don't have to it's from the waist up doesn't matter if you wear sweatpants but you got to look good from the waist up sitting at your desk or whatever, sitting at your table but the idea is in court or in zoom the judge is seeing you at your best this is the best you can do the just you know think well this is the best you can do. if your best isn't that good <laughs> if you're looking sloppy <laughs> the judge is going to think well, you, you dress, this is your best? How do you look when you're not trying? How do you look around your kids? My gosh, you look like, you know, you're sitting around in your sweats. How do you look, 
in normal life, you know. So please make an effort, I think, right, to look respectable, right? right. right? And uh, I actually had this debate with an attorney recently who uh, I saw on, on Zoom, on a big Zoom hearing, you know, like there's a lot of status. So everybody appears and there's a lot of little boxes all over the place. And this attorney was like, almost like wearing sweatshirt and also was on a phone and was weaving all over the place. So I, I happened to have his number. So I called him and I said, you know, in a friendly way, how are you doing everything? And, and uh, you know, if, I, if you need any help with Zoom, I'm happy to help. And But this attorney's view on it was that dress code is not really applicable in Zoom because, hey, we're not going to court. It's just Zoom. And I begged to differ. I said, well, but how do the judges rate you? I mean, it's still a, a proceeding yeah. and the judges here and. I think they still. I think you still have to dress. I, I agree I absolutely. I, I'd say that the it's a matter of respect, and uh, in, in in almost every case, the a judge appears in the proceeding in the robe, in the judge's robe, and um, I see that other counsel are professionally dressed. Uh, almost every case in a shirt and tie. Now, I don't advise my clients to dress in a shirt and tie, but uh, like they would going to work. Or in in some, you know, uh, not super formal, but uh, neatly, neatly, neat, clean attire uh, to put on a presentable yeah. appearance, like in a in, like in a good restaurant. Um. So, right, I I, I absolutely agree. Now I see uh, we're, we're coming to the end of our uh, oh. maybe what could be the second half of this. Um, so. Uh, Let's so to summarize this, maybe what probably be a two part uh, episode 22 here. Uh, when you're preparing for a hearing, remember that the judge needs to understand the structure. How, what is it you want to say, but be ready to prove it with documents. If you want to show that you were fired and you have the memo from your boss, or you want to show that. Uh, you've got the unemployment application or that you've started to receive unemployment. Print those things out, have them all laid out in a big pile, maybe, you know, with tabs, even like so you can find them fast. Be ready to answer the smallest question the judge could say. Now, now what school does the child attend? Elm Avenue Elementary, Your Honor. You know, be ready. And uh, what's the child's teacher's name? Uh, Mrs. Simpson. You might think, well, the judge will never ask that. Be ready for everything. I went to a seminar one time and an old guy, I'm old, but he was older than me and he was so encouraging, but he was, he's so battle tested. He'd been through a lot. And he was, he said, when you're getting ready for court, I remember his words, prepare to the hilt and his prepare to the hilt. And he gave a story about the judge tossing out questions. Sometimes you don't expect like now, how old are the kids? You know, well, uh, you know, and you bam, you know, 14 and 12, your honor sound like you're on top of it just the smallest question and then when did they buy that house uh you might think well why do i have to prepare i'm a big one for over preparing and where i might have a stack of documents ready for a small little hearing i tell clients i i'm going to pack the snowballs for our snowball fight i don't know how many snowballs i need because i don't know how many snowballs the other side is going to bring their little pile of snowballs might be pretty small, or maybe they'll come with a big pile of snowballs. 
But when we're in that snowball fight, I don't want to be running short of snowballs. I want to make sure I've got the pay stubs. I've got the tax returns. I've got whatever that might come up. That's my obsessive method of over-preparing, though. I, I re- really rather have more stuff right. that you never right. know what you're going to need, right? So documents, documents, documents. And- Anything, sorry, I was summarizing. Maybe you have some some closing comments about conducting yourself during the hearing or things We've that covered this a number of times, I believe. However, I, I think it is important to say in summary uh, to, uh, it's more important to listen rather than speak and don't speak out of turn and um and don't be hasty to speak just because the other side has spoken. Uh, and so for the for the witness or the client uh, or the person who's preparing their own case, uh, occasionally the judge will speak directly and say, I have a question for you. And I think the your, your point, Kevin, about being overprepared is good because it may be a question that otherwise you had not anticipated, but um, but you want to be ready. I think the phrase is in season and out of season. Be ready for what comes. <laughs> What's in well, season and out you know, of some season? What do you are, mean? Are season, I think the phrase means uh, there are some things that are seasonal. Like I, I want to, with the snow that's come today, I want to have my winter coat on. So I, I don't want to wear that coat in the summer. Oh. So in, in season and out of season, I'm ready oh. either way. I'm ready. Okay. So I'm ready when the winter comes. I'm ready when the summer comes. I think that's my take on the on the phrase. Well, one thing is, uh, you know, when I was a college student, I learned that what's the best re- remedy for test anxiety? The best remedy for test anxiety is to study more <laughs> and the and to get over the maybe what would be the jitters or like almost almost sometimes stark terror of going to a court proceeding where big things are going to be decided is be really prepared so that whichever direction things go, you're ready. Think through the judge's eyes. What would a judge care about? Well, if it's about money then every aspect could be asked about. How much did you make last year? How much did you make the year before? You have your tax return. Yes, Your Honor, here it is. What about your pay stubs? When did you, lo- when did you last get a pay stub? Well, my last pay stub was August 15th, and I have it right here. So smoothly being ready to answer just anything like that makes you a very impressive you know, presenter, where if you stumble over small questions like, now, when did your job end? Oh, uh, you know, I, I have to take that, take, you know, you, you start to, it's vexatious, you might say, for a judge who asked oh, a simple question yeah. and can't get a straight answer. Yeah. So be, be ready for it. And I've had, I have been that attorney who wasn't ready for the question and finding, my, finding myself stumbling. I've learned since then to at least be ready with the ages of the kids and other basic stuff because judges have a way of just thinking, now, how old are the children? Uh, 12 and 14, Your Honor. You better be your answer right off the bat, right? Instead of, oh, or uh, even on uh, a more about, uh, you know, topic, that's, if the judge uh, 
gives an attention to me and says, well, counsel, uh, was your client arrested and convicted of drunk driving in 2019? Then it, it's a mistake then for me to him and Hall and say, well, judge, that, let me tell you the circumstances. No, it's a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question. <laughs> yes or no. Yes. And so I, I have to be prone to right. say, yes, Your Honor. And, 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 and maybe even stop there. And, and the judge also, then may but, leave but I think say, I, well, uh, then, yes. then why, why does your client say that uh, they're, uh, uh, what have they done to rehabilitate themselves since then, you know? So the judge may have some further questions that may let me get into the material I want to get into. Well, you have to prepare. And if if our listeners are, are you know, for example, if one of our listeners is a civilian and is going to be doing their own hearing and they know there's dark corners of the past. For example, 10 years ago, they arrested for shoplifting or convicted of, you know, a check forgery or something like those. By the way, those have a bearing on these cases because it's a real clear sign of somebody's found you to be dishonest. So if that does come up, then you'd be ready. Say now the other side has said that you were convicted of forgery uh, eight years ago. Is that right? Yes, Your Honor, is your answer. Well, Your Honor, you got to understand, I, my business partner this, and, you know, that doesn't come off as well as a simple yes. And, you know, and, and you say, in other words, yeah. don't seem evasive, because if the judge is asking, obviously the judge cares about yeah. that yeah. a little bit, right? They're asking about it. Now you go, you go the direction the judge is going, and, and then you think, well, but I got to explain myself because that looks bad. And let the judge's question lay there. You say, yes. Now the judge may have other things to say or other things to ask. And when it's your turn to speak again, say, uh, Your Honor, I think it's important to know the circumstances of that, that check forgery thing uh, if Your Honor is interested. And the judge may say, no, 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 that's fine. It's eight years ago. I don't care. Or the judge may say, well, let's hear it. So you can gauge whether the judge considers it important or not with a little light questioning and say, Your Honor, I may, if I may, I could talk about that. And the judge may say, what's eight years ago doesn't bother me. I want to know right now what's going. And often that's too old to even matter. But the judge asked and maybe was looking for a straight answer and got it done. Move on. I guess this is good to bring this uh, two part episode 22 to a close. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And throughout this year, uh, if you've gone back and listened to our past uh, episodes, we appreciate it. And we'll let you go. Talk to you soon. I'm um, Attorney Barry. I'm Attorney C. Kevin Boy. Johnson. Thank you very much for listening.